Welcome to the StockFan Investor Education Podcast. Whether you're a seasoned investor or one of the millions of people entering the market for the first time, StockFan provides the fundamentals to help you grow your wealth. This is a podcast for investors. We give quality companies the chance to tell their stories while providing you with the tools to invest wisely. If you want to get out in front of the herd instead of being a part of it, join us at StockFan. In this episode of the StockFan Podcast, the controversial trading practice known as short selling or shorting is clearly defined and thoroughly analyzed. This episode will highlight the reasons as to why short selling may be a necessary component for healthy and balanced markets, but will also explain how short selling can easily be abused and the detrimental impacts this may have on impacted companies and investors. We will dive into various short selling concepts such as the uptick rule, short selling, naked short selling, and shorting in relationship to private placements. Furthermore, this episode will provide insight into recognizing the signs of short attacks and what investors can proactively do to protect themselves from predatory shorting. Without further delay, we bring you short selling and market manipulation. You've done your due diligence and bought shares of what you feel to be a very good company. You've been feeling pretty good about yourself ever since, as the stock price has risen considerably on a wave of good news and positive sentiment. Then, much to your surprise, a research report is published with a very critical view of the company suggesting very serious flaws that you never saw in your own research. That very day, the stock price drops rapidly and drastically, and you begin to question why you bought the company in the first place. Fear and doubt get the better of you, and you sell your shares for 20% less value than they were at the start of the day. You don't feel good about selling, but at least you consider yourself safe from losing even more money. The next day, you decide to see how much further the stock has fallen, But shockingly, the price has recovered much of the 20% that had lost the previous day. The confusion and regret you feel is magnified when you check your social media and see that a couple different law firms seem to already be aware of the entire situation and are reaching out to shareholders who suffered losses when the price dipped, with clear blame focused on the company. Your confusion turns to bitterness and you resolve to figure out exactly what is really going on in the stock market, a place you now feel completely excluded from. Welcome to the world of short selling. Short selling, also referred to as shorting or going short, is the practice of borrowing securities and selling them with the intention of rebuying them at a lower price to return them to the lender. Let's use a fictitious example. An investor wants to short Unicorn Holdings Inc. So she goes to her broker and borrows 5,000 shares. Unicorn Holdings share price is trading at $10 and she immediately sells her 5,000 borrowed shares, therefore earning $50,000. She believes that the share price is going to drop and lo and behold it does. One week later, Unicorn Holdings share price has dropped to $8 and she decides that it is time to close her position or cover. By covering, she rebuys the 5,000 shares at the current price of $8 and returns the shares to her broker. 
Her profit from the transactions, $2 times 5,000 shares equals $10,000. She has paid commissions and a bit of interest to her broker, but otherwise she keeps the rest of the money and goes on her way. If the price had not dropped but instead risen to $12 and she became wary of it going higher, she would cover her position at 12 and incur a loss of 10000 instead of a gain. She gambled and lost, but life goes on. Sounds simple and mostly harmless, right? Then why are short sellers almost universally despised by most investors? Are they in fact a plague upon the stock markets, as some suggest, or are they vital cogs in the wheel that keeps everything rolling smoothly? The answer, as with most things, falls somewhere in the middle. Shorting is deeply woven into the fabric of capital markets, stocks, bonds, derivatives, commodities, etc. And its practice has been around since the very first markets were established. The first stock exchanges were established in the early 1600s. The Dutch East India Company set up the first exchange to allow the trading of securities with its base in Amsterdam and it was a Dutch investor, Isaac Lemaire, who some identify as the first recorded short seller. Shorting has been blamed for exacerbating negative market events throughout history, including the Wall Street crash of 1929, which of course contributed to the Great Depression. Shorting has been banned at various times and in various markets over the years, and while most investors dislike the practice, Others believe it to be a necessary part of stock market health. The case for shorting as a necessary component of healthy markets. Before we get to the underbelly of short trading and how it can walk the line between legal transactions and market manipulation, let's take a look at the reasons why some believe it to be necessary. Short sellers refer to themselves as activists, as the term brings to mind images of brave souls fighting to bring evil corporations to justice. And to be fair, some short sellers have brought down companies that deserve to be exposed. One such case involved Enron Corporation, a major American energy, commodity, and service entity that was caught in the practice of some very serious accounting fraud. Jim Chanos and his firm, Kainikos Associates, had been critical of Enron and held a major short position. Chanos was eventually proven correct and profited greatly as Enron descended into bankruptcy. Proponents of short selling also point to the liquidity that it provides in the markets as it increases the amount of selling and therefore buying. Some investment firms referred to as hedge funds go short as a way of mitigating their risk on loan positions they hold. Going long is the phrase given to the investing most people do. Buying a security in anticipation of the share price going up. Shorting is often seen as a way to discover proper valuation, most easily seen in the role of bursting speculative bubbles. The dot-com bubble is a prime example, as technology companies were reaching valuations that weren't supported by financials. Investors were experiencing the fear of missing out, and it was leading to emotional responses in the market. Short sellers in this case made the correct bet, with the bubble bursting spectacularly and leading to several years of poor performance in the sector. 
A more recent case comes from the lead-up to the financial crisis in 2008, in which a handful of fund managers, including Michael Burry, portrayed in the movie The Big Short, essentially shorted the real estate market in the United States, which they believed to be a bubble. The eventual collapse of the markets led to the fall of some of major American financial institutions like Lehman Brothers and thus became among the most profitable short bets in history. When short selling becomes murky and potentially illegal. After the 1929 crash, many fingers were pointed at short sellers who some believed were piling on to beleaguered companies. In response to this, the uptick rule was put in place. Basically, the rule stated that shorters could only sell if the stock price had just moved up in its last trade or ticked up. This meant that shorters could not pile on to a falling stock as it ticked lower and lower. Essentially, it protected investors from predatory shorters who were seeking to destroy a company's share price. In 2007, the uptick rule was abolished which is interesting timing when you consider the financial crisis occurred just one year later. In 2010, a revised version of the uptick rule was put in place. Yet, in Canada, there is currently no uptick rule whatsoever as it was removed in 2012. With no uptick rule in Canada, shorters can push a price down at will and this has predictable consequences for companies especially those without the resources to fight back in the markets or even court. In many such cases, there appears to be very little activism in the short selling, instead focusing purely on profiting from the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that they create in a company's investor base. These predatory practices are often referred to as short attacks, and they can cause extensive damage to a company's reputation and financial stability. There are several signs that indicate a higher possibility of a short attack outlined in the table below. Possible signs of a short attack. A research report is written with a highly negative view. It is important to read past the headlines as report writers have experience in sensationalizing what may or may not be trivial aspects of the business. On the same day as the report, the stock drops precipitously on heavy volume. If you have access to see the bids and asks on your trading platform, you notice that there are very large amounts of shares being offered in big blocks meant to scare smaller investors into selling. On the same day, social media sites such as Twitter or stock discussion boards are suddenly filled with an unusually high number of people offering negative opinions on your company. While some may be honest shareholders with questions, many may be paid bashers whose task is to spread further fear, uncertainty, and doubt. For those with brokers, watch for a call from them on the same day telling you to lighten your position in the company. While some of these calls could be motivated by honest concern for their investors, there is the possibility that the brokerage house may have other motivations. Incredibly, on the same day or the next day, at least one law firm puts out a news release to inform investors that it has all the details of the research report and plans to help investors recover the value that they lost on that day. How helpful! In the next few days, the share price begins to climb back up. 
Some will attribute this to investor confidence if the company addresses the short report effectively. Others will point to the short sellers covering their position and moving on to a new opportunity. In some cases, the company announces a private placement deal with a brokerage house. In this situation, what could be happening is the short seller, hedge funds are typically involved, borrows shares from a broker who collects commissions and interest from the transaction. When the short seller has pushed the price down far enough, the broker steps in and offers to help the company raise money privately at the new low price. The company feels trapped by their worsening situation and agrees to the deal after which the short seller simply purchases shares in the private placement to cover their position. The short seller makes a large profit while the broker collects another round of fees and commissions, this time from both the short seller and the company itself. Meanwhile, investors who sold their shares during the drop are left on the outside, while those who held their shares have lost value from the drop in price as well as the dilution in their shares incredible. Remember, these reports often come with disclaimers that make it clear that the information inside is just an opinion and not fact. The disclaimer may also state that the research company is actually shorting the company it is researching and that it may be working with or somehow connected to other entities that are also shorting. How do I protect myself from predatory shorting? Know the companies you have invested in. Do not just buy into a company because your neighbor told you it was a winner. Knowledge is power and it is also a shield to protect you and potentially those you invest with from misinformation. Fully read any research reports that are published. In some cases, valid points could be made but read with a critical eye based on what you know to be the fundamentals of the company. Call the company. This cannot be stressed enough and it should be the first action you take when you suspect a short attack. Turning to social media exposes you to potential misinformation and unnecessary fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Have a cash position ready. It is always wise to have a cash position in your investment account as it allows you to take advantage of the dips in the market but in case of short attacks you have the opportunity to purchase shares at a lower price. Provided that you believe the shorting to be unjustified, you will have the chance to add to your position. Be critical of the companies you have invested in. Not every negative research report is an unjustified attack on your wonderful company. Those who felt that way about Enron and a host of other fallen giants ended up ignoring warning signs that were legitimate and apparent to many others. Knowing what you own includes questioning what you own. Naked short selling, a fully illegal practice. Most shorting, whether it be with physical shares or using derivatives, is covered, meaning that the short seller must eventually purchase the shares back to cover the sell. Naked shorting is something entirely different. A naked short seller never actually borrows the security he intends to sell. Since he is basically borrowing phantom shares that don't exist, there is theoretically no limit to how much he can sell. This practice is illegal as it can effectively bury a company under a mountain of selling pressure. Interestingly, 
The banning of naked short selling came about 2008 in the aftermath of the financial crisis. Yet through loopholes in the system, the practice still exists and its effects can be destructive, not only for companies but also their long investors. Recall the mean stock short squeeze from early 2021. Companies under pressure from declining financials like GameStop and AMC Entertainment had been heavily shorted by various head funds, putting pressure on their share price until a coordinated effort by retail investors overcame the selling pressure in a tidal wave of buying. The buying pressure was so overwhelming that the short sellers had to scramble to close their positions at much higher price levels. In the case of GameStop, a whopping 140% of the entire share count of the company was being sold short, and when the wave of buying commenced in mid-January, several hedge funds were caught in their short positions. The stock which had begun the month below $20 hit a pre-market high of $500 US near the end of January. Funds like Melvin Capital ended up covering their positions at massive losses. The head of Citron Research, Andrew Left, also admitted to a large loss in the squeeze. Citron has since announced that it will no longer be providing short sell analysis. Where does the little guy or girl fit in? When you look under the hood of the capital market machine, it is easy to see how there really isn't much space in the engine dedicated to the regular Joe or Jane investor. While it is natural to resent those who bet against your investments, it is also necessary to understand that shorting does have a role in the investment climate, for better or worse. To assume that all short sellers are cheaters and that all loans are honest people isn't a fair assessment. In its purest form, short sellers and the research they undertake can indeed protect investors from dishonest and poorly run companies. Without people who take their role as watchdogs seriously, all critical analysis is left up to the SEC and exchanges themselves who don't always catch perpetrators. For every shorter that is preying on a company, there is a promoter who is pumping up a poorly run business and dumping his or her shares on unwitting retail investors. The best protection for any investor remains the task of learning about companies before taking the plunge to invest and keeping abreast of the business developments along the way. Remember, every major public company has a short position against them at any given time. It happens to everybody. But the good businesses power through, and so do informed investors. We hope you enjoyed this content. To hear more educational content as well as our other CEO interviews, please subscribe to the podcast and visit our website at stockfamgroup.com where you will gain full access to all of our free educational platforms. Also, to view the video versions of much of our content, follow us on YouTube at StockFamTV.